0: you think welcome to the i work for him zone i hope you're never the same in our never ending i work for him desire to bring you the practical the tactical the factual and the biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about your faith and work today today we're going public schools Missionary Mission Field. It's all about the public schools. I've got the privilege of today of having three public school teachers around the round table in the I Work For Him studios. It's going to be a great conversation. We have in studio today, Scott Stalter, a listener for now, how many months, Scott? several Several months he reached out to me and said hey Jim what can I do to help you out we had a cup of coffee he said first thing you can do is let's have a conversation with a bunch of public school teachers that love the Lord but want to stay in the public schools so we've got Scott Stalter Sam Abdenor did I say that right Sam Abdenor Sam or Sammy? Well, you told me to call you Sam. Yeah, it's fine. Sam Mm Abdenor and Cheryl Vinson, all of them public school teachers up in Pasco County. These guys are joining us for our discussion today. But first, a word of scripture. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope, the attitude, the actions that you have. But do this with gentleness, and respect. Sam, Cheryl, Scott, welcome to the I Work for Him show. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. All right, today, before we get going, do you guys who wants to say hi to some family? Scott, do you anybody you want to say hi to up there today?
1: Yeah, I'd love to give a shout out to my wife, Karen, my oldest daughter, Sarah, my other daughter, Lindsay, and my son, Scott. Yeah,
0: you just want to say hi to those, in case, but you got others, but you don't want to say hi to them. No, no that's, that's all you got. What I got. That's, that's what good. you got. That's what I got. Okay, it was just funny the way you said that. I just thought it was great. I just want to say hi to those kids. I don't want to say hi to the other ones. They're in the, they're in they're in the corner right now. Okay, Cheryl, anybody want to say hi to today?
2: I would love to give a shout out to all my cohort members at Southeastern University, where I am the in the uh, doctoral cohort under the fabulous leadership of Dr. Patty LeBlanc.
0: Cool. Do you want to say hi to your daughter who's in studio with us today?
2: Yeah, and my daughter, Melody. And I also just want to give a shout out to every teacher out there in the public schools who is not afraid to show their faith.
3: Awesome. Sam, anybody you want to say hi to today? Sure. My wife, Sarah, and my two daughters, Karen and Joanna, Karen is nine years old. She's in fourth grade, and, Karen and Joanna is five years old. Uh, fourth grade and five years old. So is she in kindergarten or not yeah, yet?
0: Nice kindergarten i remember my kids were in kindergarten that was just so cute now my kids are they're just yeah i'm not picking on scott he he thinks i'm picking on you already i don't know i don't want to come on ivan so hard on me okay the center of this show is always on what's christ doing in our lives and so i want to just we'll go cheryl ladies first how is christ making an impact on your life today
2: Well, it's definitely that God led me to where I am today. I taught in Birmingham, Alabama. taught up there in Christian schools, a Christian college, and then in public schools. In 2008, there was some situations that happened in the school where I was injured on the job. And I told my husband I was done in Alabama. We moved down here, and I realized that where I was led to, the schools that I was led to, was definitely God taking my footsteps one step at a time towards so many people that I had yet to experience and why he brought me down here He's definitely in total control
0: That's awesome. So
2: how long have you been down in Florida then since since August of 2007.
0: Wow so you came down here right when the when the economy was crashing and crumbling to pieces but you probably if did you get a chance to buy property when it was starting to get cheaper
2: We bought our first house August, uh, December 2007.
0: So that was actually that well, was you could have waited a little longer, and bought it even cheaper, probably uh, but good i 'm glad that you got down here from Alabama, the weather 's way nicer here anyway it 's hotter though okay sam you 're not from here. Yes. I want people to understand this so they can so they can figure out okay it 's not that he 's from Pasco county, and that 's why it 's hard to understand you 're from originally you 're from what country
3: my country 's egypt egypt yes
0: the, the place where joseph the, the, the son of Jacob rescued your country and the known world yes. almost 3,500, almost 4,000 years ago.
3: Yes. Yes.
0: Do they, ever, do, do they ever talk about Joseph? Do they ever talk about how the Israelites are who saved Egypt from extinction? Do they ever talk about that?
3: In our question, for sure, we work on that. But in our society, we can't talk about that anymore, you know. But uh, according to our religion, we was that in churches, you know, as servants. So we work on that.
0: Well, and all the pyramids that the Israelites built while they are in slavery, those are all still there.
3: Yes, you are right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. So, Sam, uh, talk about how Christ is making a difference in your life today.
3: It's a, a big story. It started um, in Christmas night in my church, my, me and my wife and my two kids, We were in the church in my city, Alexandria, Egypt. At That night, a bomb exploded after five seconds when we left the church.
0: So five seconds after you left the church, the bomb exploded in the church?
3: Yes. And we were the first family to leave the church at that time. And we don't know so far why we were the first family to leave. We were supposed to stay for some time to take pictures in the church with my family but so far we don't have wa- why we decided to leave there is no reason to leave at that time but Jesus wanted to save us and keep us alive uh, it was complete drama and uh, the issue is my daughter Karen at the time was 5 years old and when she turned around she saw in injured people and the dead bodies it was bad experience for her and she asked me at that time a very hard question. That church is Jesus' house, right? I said yes. So why can't he protect his house? It was a very difficult question. Mm. Five year old child, you know. And uh, I'm going to just say it so everybody understands the church it's Jesus'
0: house, right, Dad? Yes. So why can't Jesus protect his house? That's a great question for a dad.
3: But it's a very difficult question. Oh, yes. Especially for five years old. So, uh, and we cried at the time. She told me, Dad, Jesus is about to be born. He needs us to celebrate, to be happy, to have fun, to enjoy. Why he causes this drama to us, you know? Mm, I told here it isn't a drama because we are Christian. It's a kind of... What about crown as martyrs, you know? About myself and my wife at that time, we felt as we lost our crown as martyrs for Jesus, you know? But it wasn't easy for my two daughters, you know?
0: How long after that explosion in
3: your church in Alexandria, Egypt, did you come to the States? Mm, from... One to two years. Okay. I have been here for uh, three years, and it happens in 2010. So okay.
0: Yeah. Mm. How many friends did you lose that night?
3: About 24.
0: Mm. 24 died? Yes. Wow. wow. And I'm sure we heard it on our news. Well, maybe we didn't hear it on our news because it blew up a church. If they'd have blown up a mosque, we'd have heard about that. All right. So let's just go around the room and just talk about, you guys are all public school teachers one of the most underpaid jobs in america one of the most difficult jobs in america really one of the most underappreciated jobs but yet you find that when you meet a public school teacher any teacher really when you meet any kind of teacher they're doing it not for the money they're doing it for the love of the kids scott why did you choose public school teaching
1: okay i I, I love going into school uh teaching is not a job for me um i don't know what i'd be doing if i wasn't teaching i just thoroughly enjoy being with the kids um i wouldn't be driving up and down 19 an hour each way to to school if i didn't enjoy it one of the one of the things that um i've realized um, is i can make a difference in their lives Mm, powerful so that keeps you going back each and every day because
0: you can make a difference Mm
1: -hmm. cheryl why you
0: why why public school teaching
2: um it's, um, that's where I am. I'm called to teach. I'm called to be where I'm at. And one of the reasons why is because I make a difference with those kids. I talk to them. I'm there for them. Um, a lot of my kids have nicknamed me their other mom or their auntie. or And I build that relationship with those children. Um, even the ones who are graduated, gone, they still stay in touch with me. They come back. They check in with me. They... It's all about the relationships.
0: Mm, it's powerful. When you work with kids and you invest in them, they do give you feedback down the road. Martha and I did youth ministry for 20 years as volunteers, and never as a paid position. And we just hosted in our home for breakfast a couple of weeks ago some kids that were in our youth group 17 years ago. And on their way out the door, the, the, the husband, they were dating in high school, the husband, he's now they're in their early 30s, he turns around and goes, Jim, do you remember talking to me about Getting a college degree Do you remember sitting me down and saying You need to have a four year degree I'm like nah I don't He goes I just need to tell you You did You sat down with me You told me I needed to get a four year degree That it was super important Not to be a diesel mechanic Not that there's anything wrong with being a diesel mechanic But this kid was was four year college This is what was meant for him And he, uh, he goes I just want to thank you Because if you hadn't done that I'd never been able to become a CPA I'd have never been able to buy my CPA practice That I just bought in January so you never know. But I hadn't heard a word from this kid since he was 18, and he's 33. So you never know. Don't don't give up. Because every once in a while, I get these random conversations from kids. Now that Facebook is out there, they find you on Facebook, and they go, just wanted to let you know how you impacted my life. Oops, wow. So, Sam, were you a public school teacher in Egypt? Yes. Okay. Now, I'm sure public schools are different there than here. I'm, but So, you were a teacher there. Do you hold a doctorate as well or a master's? I mean, I know that the, they get a lot of great schools in
3: Egypt. A bachelor's. Bachelor's, bachelor's fine, degree? Yes. Okay.
0: So, when you came here, you wanted to stay being a teacher. You liked it that much.
3: Yes. And let me say something. Jesus is called as a teacher. Mm-hmm. So, in John 11, 28, the teacher has come and is calling for you. Uh, this Martha said to Mary, "When Jesus visited, uh, when Lazarus died." Sure. Right, you know? So, uh, honestly, working as a teacher isn't easy job. But <laughs> <laughs> really, <laughs> but wait a minute! Now, what he
0: just said is working as a teacher is not a, not an easiest, not the easiest job. No kidding.
3: Yeah, I think
0: I'd rather. I don't know. I've done it. I did it one year. I can at least relate.
3: But from time to time, when you read in the Bible and you said Jesus was called as teacher. Really, I feel I'm very important person in my society.
0: <laughs> you're imp- you're impacting kids whose lives need to be impacted. Some of, I, I'm sure you work with. Do you guys have any idea what the percentages of kids from broken homes you guys have? I mean, what what percentage are you guys dealing with kids broken homes?
2: We are right about eighty percent students who have or receive free and reduced lunch at our school, which makes us a Title One school.
0: So eighty percent. So does that mean the majority of them are coming from homes that have just a mom or just a dad?
2: We don't have those exact numbers, but we okay. do have a lot of single parent families.
1: Okay, Scott? I can probably count the uh, number of kids that I work with that have a two parent household on one hand. Wow. wow. And, and, and you guys
0: are in a school. Is it a middle school? Yeah, high it's, school. it's a high school. Mm-hmm. How many kids are in this high school? About 1400. Yeah, 1,400. So it's not a small school. I graduated with 950 in my graduating class. That was a ridiculously big uh, high school. All right, so what's the biggest joy? Each and every, real quick,
3: biggest joy of teaching? Sam? For me, when I put students on the right track... So when you put them on the right track... Yeah, it's a challenge to me when I start at the beginning of the year. Once I I achieved my goal, it's a great joy. You Mm -hmm. can't imagine how... How, how much joy I get that.
0: when you see that light bulb come on and them going oh yes. yeah that's a good one I, I saw that I taught seventh and eighth grade math and it was by the time they got to ninth grade they started understanding it Cheryl what's the biggest joy teaching
2: just when a student comes back to me either that day that year that decade says thanks for what you did for me whether it was buy them lunch whether it was help them with another class stay with them help them with Situations, somebody to talk to, somebody to pray with them.
1: Mm. Cool. Scott, biggest joy? Biggest joy? Uh, same as Cheryl's when they come back. I had uh, two kids that came back this year and uh, to pick up their transcripts uh, to go to college, and both of them told me they never thought they would have graduated with, uh, from high school without me. And uh, now wow. they're going to college. They're the first ones in their family. I'm talking aunts, uncles, brothers, and sisters that ever graduated from high school.
0: Now they're going to the, the there's a um, community college up in Pasco County, isn't there? Yes,
1: there is. What's it called? Uh, St. Saint, Saint Pete uh, Community uh, St. Pete College is the closest college. Oh, uh, so
0: St. Pete is uh, all the way up there, too? Mm-hmm. Okay. Didn't know that. All right. So just one word, biggest stressor as a teacher. Not Scott. enough time. That's that, three words. That was three Not words. Not enough time. That's three words. <laughs> You're a teacher. What's <laughs> the Cheryl, okay. Take as many words as you want to. Scott already violated Biggest stressor.
2: Working with the students who come to our school hungry every day because they don't have the food at home. So, hungry
0: students. You guys got to work on this, with this, this round table thing. Okay. Sam, biggest stressor.
3: When I talked to a student and he told me, I don't care. Mm. It's getting Apathy.
0: It's time to do our book highlight segment. Our book highlight segment, of course, is brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Our book today is Halftime, written by Bob Buford. Let me give you a short explanation. Tired of pursuing that elusive thing called success? In this book, Bob Buford guides you to chasing after a life of significance after God shifts your paradigm and helps you recognize that all that success stuff... You don't get to take most of that with you when you go to heaven. What you take with you to heaven is your relationship with him. And sometimes your success drives that, but most of the time, it doesn't. We're here to pursue a life of significance, and this book helps you get there. If you want to read a copy of this book called Halftime by Bob Buford, call into the studio line right now, 855-265-2929, 855-265-2929. And remember, you need to read this book. Why, Ivan? You can't wait for the movie, that's right. Hi, Rebecca, live with three public school teachers and two minutes before the break. Sam, you've got two minutes to tell that really great story on how you're able to, question number five, on how you're able to incorporate your faith into what you do on a daily basis. That story between you and that student was very, very powerful.
3: Yes. One day, a uh, student asked me, two weeks ago, Mr. Sam, do you pray for us? It was a strange question because I'm a chemi- chemistry teacher. Mr. You're a chemistry teacher. Yes. So you so blow things up in, in class. Yes, <laughs> cool, I loved chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> so I told. I asked her here, "Why are you asking me this question? It isn't a chemistry question, Mister Sam." Really, I feel you pray for us. I told her yes, twice a day, not only one day, no, not once, twice a day. She asked me. I told her, not only me, but my family, my do- my two daughters, and my my wife as well, pray for you. But why you ask this question? She told me because good christian good christians yes pray for others and i see we changed our attitude she talks about negative attitude to positive attitude so i think you pray for us
0: so she noticed a change in the classroom atmosphere and she attributed it to prayer yes wow (laughs) that's powerful cheryl how how are you able to incorporate your faith really quickly
2: Um, just a lot of different ways. Um, I've got some great staff that I know that are believers like I am, and, uh, we're there to lift each other up on a daily basis, sometimes just a note, a word, uh, how are things going? Um, but also one of the really cool things is that in Pasco County, we have a, we have an email list serve, which is, uh, we, we pray for each other. These are teachers and administrators in Pasco County where whenever there's prayer requests, they go out to other believers. We
0: have the huge privilege today of having a fantastic conversation with three public school teachers. People that go into the trenches each and every day in Pasco County and teach your kids. These teachers are bringing their faith into the workplace. I wanted to thank them by bringing them on the air and give them a chance to share about it because there is, I mean, very few jobs are tougher than being a public school teacher. It doesn't pay well enough. It's never appreciated. And it's just a doggone hard job. Maybe just being single mom would rank higher than that but not many other things are harder than being a public school teacher maybe a police officer in baltimore might be one of those things or you know st louis all right so here's the deal these three teachers have been sharing from their testimonies if you missed the beginning of the show sorry you're gonna have to listen to the archive scott right before the break we ran out of time didn't get a chance to ask you what is the biggest stressor for you in the workplace
1: oh not enough time in a day pretty much um we're in a community of great need. Um, I like the way resources. you put that. A community of great need. Mm-hmm.
0: You said 80%, Cheryl, you said 80% of your kids are Title I kids, which means they're getting breakfast, they're getting lunch at school. Because if they didn't get it, they may not get fed. That's what that. What else does Title One mean? Because I don't know. I apologize.
2: That's pretty much it. Title One schools are schools that have a specific number of students who receive free or reduced lunch. Usually, that means these are children who come from a socioeconomic background where they don't have the resources that we assume most kids don't have, and it's not just food. It's other things: clothing, school supplies, um, medical items we have a bus that comes to the school once a year checks the kids visions we get them eyeglasses
1: got it scott we also have an uh, abc committee uh, which is uh, accept believe care and uh, we meet on a regular basis and it's uh, a group of teachers and we uh, raise money to get the kids stuff that they don't have um also uh coming up very shortly The 26th of May, I have a a mobile food truck coming into uh, the community to help feed the families. I I coordinated that through a volunteer way, um, Anclote River Baptist, and uh, I'm forgetting the organization.
0: All right. So are these families where the mom and dads are working They're just not able to make enough money In order to help feed these kids and clothe these kids Because I know as a teenager, my parents never could feed me I mean, they could feed me, but I was never full I was always hungry I don't know, do you guys ever remember that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I remember that
0: You weren't that way? Sam, you weren't that way? No Oh man, I ate like a machine A garbage truck, I could eat it all day long
1: Go ahead, Scott. Also, uh, the Volunteer Way is working on that uh, to bring the mobile okay. food, food truck. Also, the Volunteer Way also gives me uh, tons of snacks for the kids. I have uh, boxes of snacks in my office. You know, I called them up, and they say, bring your truck down. My wife goes down there, and she fills the back of a pickup truck. We bring it to school, and the kids know where to come when they're hungry. Oh, that's awesome.
0: All right, so the biggest – is there is there a big challenge in working in the public school environment? Do you have one thing that stands in your way of effectiveness or is just a frustration to you? Do you, do you guys have a frustration like that? I mean, is there something that stands in your way? Uh, the biggest challenge, working in the public school environment. Cheryl?
2: Um, it's the economic challenges our families face every day. I've got students who are coming to school, and because they – Dad lost his job. Mom's barely able to get enough hours. They may not have jobs. They may be on disability. The economic problems that our kids face, if they're worrying about where their next meal comes from or whether or not they're going to be kicked out of their home or their apartment or they're having to stay with families because they've been displaced, how can I expect that kid to do well on a standardized test or be Uh ready to read a book because they've been unable to sleep until 4 a.m.?
1: Go ahead, Scott. I, I believe we have uh, 59 homeless kids walking our campus right now. Um, and that's a low number for us. So 59 homeless kids, so are they living with other families? Are you saying homeless? I mean, how are they even getting to school? It, it's, it depends. Okay. So some of them are living with other families, doubled up. Some of them are actually living in the woods. Okay. Wow. And they're still going to school? And they still go to school. Good for them. They're trying to break that pattern. Sam, biggest biggest
0: challenge in working in the public school environment. What did you have?
3: Uh, At trainings, they told me that if you find a student wanted to sleep, you can give him a chance to sleep. When I ask you, how come? They told me because he might suffer from lack of sleeplessness at night because. So you can't sleep at cool. home, so you yeah. let him sleep in class. Yes, because in the class there is air condition as well, you know. So it's a good uh, atmosphere to sleep in. So, you know, I, I, it's, I, it's it was a, a, a new experience for me. Because as a teacher, I think at the time, I need to exam them uh, pay attention, you know. But when I understand the situation, I figure it out. So
0: did they have air conditioning in your schools
3: in Egypt? No, it isn't like that.
0: No. So that that seems counterproductive because if the kids are actually coming to school, they want to break this pattern that's in their lives. They want to be able to get a uh, a high school degree so they can go on and get some further training to allow them to sleep. That that must be a tough battle for you guys because you want them to learn, but then they're exhausted too. And they're
3: probably hungry as well. And excuse me, in my country, uh, the time in school isn't like America here. it's half day for example four or five hours not for the whole day you know so it isn't like that and you go on? The, did they go in the morning in Egypt before yes. it got hot is yes. what they did yes
0: well I mean Egypt is in the middle of a desert except for that really big river yeah yeah okay Scott talk to me about how as a Christ follower in this public school environment how do you approach the problems that you face each and every day differently than your non Christ following uh uh uh, counterparts. In other words, the other teachers that don't have the hope that you have in Christ, how
1: are you approaching problems differently than they would? I, I think as a school teacher, whether, whether you're willing to say it out loud or not, you have to believe in God. You know, imagine, imagine having 25 almost copies of your own teenager in the classroom at one time, and, uh, or at your, in your house at one time, trying to teach them and bring them along the way. Um, whether it's math, science, English, culinary arts, if you don't have faith, you really have a serious problem.
0: So you think that a lot of teachers really are, are recognizing the fact that, that there is a God because it's the only way they have strength to make it through the day? Is yeah. that what you're saying? Yes. Well, I, and I can understand it. By the time I got to 8.30 in the morning and I was teaching in a pretty good school environment, I was like, oh, Lord, just make it till 3, please. Just kind of make it till 3. Sheryl, <laughs> what about you?
2: Well, it's just, um, it's the faith. I mean, knowing that when I go in every day, I pray for my kids every year. Um, every year, I pray over every desk in my classroom, beginning of school. My kids know I pray for them. They've even asked me, I've had kids say, why do you pray for us? I said, because maybe I'm the only one doing so. Cheryl, what do you teach? Language arts.
0: Oh, you're an English teacher? Oh, (laughs) oh, that was not my best grade in school. Chemistry was more my thing, but then I got to physics, and boy, it blew up on me. That was not the right example. Chemistry was supposed to blow up. Okay. Sam, how do you handle things differently than your non-Christian counterparts?
3: Yeah, let me start with a verse in John ten. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So a good teacher needs to be ready to give his life for the students. It's my belief, you know. Uh, I can I tell you a situation happened in my class. Sure, go ahead. Uh, one day, I a student who was never nice to me at all. Huh. Uh, Bring a you have
0: teenagers that are actually nice to you, is what you're saying. Yes,
3: but not this one. Yes. Okay. Uh, she brought a false, uh, refer, uh, false, uh, false pass.
0: Uh, oh, she, so she faked, she forged yeah. a, a hall pass.
3: Yes. Okay. Yes. When I discovered the matter, she asked Mr. Sam, "Please don't give me referral, give me detention."
0: So the referral has more power than the detention. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. So, so she's begging with you for mercy.
3: <laughs> I told the heir I'll never give you a detention nor referral, Mr. Sam Are you kidding? No, I'm serious I'll hold it for you i work for you Let, let me see what's going on with you and you are fine are you sure i think she thought at the time i can't take revenge because she wasn't nice to me you know mm. but, w- so
0: she was afraid you were going to take revenge but you chose at that point in time to just give her grace so that you could have find out what was really going on in her life why she was even late
3: yes you know i think if i weren't a christian i would do something else hmm.
0: do you guys face any anti-christian sentiment in the schools do you, do you guys face that at all Somebody somebody go. This is a radio show. I'll go there. Okay, good. Thanks. Um,
2: I have students who aren't believers. Um, Okay. I have students who know that I am a believer. And it's very interesting watching because sometimes, you know, how some of the students will let some of those words slip that shouldn't slip in class. And I can see students sticking up saying, hey, don't say that around Ms. Vincent. Or, hey, guys, she's a Christian. You know, watch what you say around her. And it's also just letting them know that... Maybe by my example, I hope, that they can see that there's something better. I had an opportunity about two months ago with a young lady to pray with her. She's a student who's no longer at our school, and uh, things got pretty rough with her. And she was crying by the time we left. Mm. I don't know where she is right now. I'm still praying for her.
0: Mm. Wow. And what a great opportunity that you guys have to. I mean, this you've got that ability to, to be another parent because a lot of these kids don't have active parents in their lives. And so you guys have that chance to be that mature adult. What a great thing that is. Yeah. Do, do you guys pray for your students by name? Would you ever have time to do that? I mean, you guys are. How many kids do you have in class, Sam?
3: Each period uh, from 25 to 35.
0: And how many periods do you teach in a day? Five? Five, yes. So you're teaching them approximately 150 kids.
2: Yes. You got the same thing, Cheryl? We have 1,400 kids at our school.
0: So they're, they're big. But but Scott, your job's a little bit different because you're working one on one with kids. Uh, I'm what's called the
1: graduation enhancement program teacher. Graduate and en- graduation enhancement teacher. Yeah, I work so at, explain what that means, though. I, I work with kids that are at high risk of dropping out. I have about uh, 130 uh, in the 11th grade alone that I, that I work with. I actually go inside the classroom and I act as a second teacher in the classroom. I bring them in the uh, bring them to my office, you know, and counsel them one on one. Well, not really counseling, because I'm not a counselor. I right. co- coach them one on one. You
0: can call it mentoring. mentoring and then it's okay, yeah.
1: Mentoring. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, I get get them basically what they need. You know, like if they if they if they are in a situation where they need need stuff, uh, you know, we use the funds from the ABC ABC fund to go ahead and get that stuff for them. I bring them to count guidance counselors if that's where they need to go. I uh, bring them to the uh, social worker. Bring a lot of kids to the social worker when there's problems at home that needs needs to be addressed or problems with them. So safety issues, health mm-hmm. issues, that kind of stuff. I get them clothes at they need clothes. We have a, a clothes closet. Um, well, it's be- not really a closet. It's a, a small classroom that's just filled with uh, clothes donations. Is that all
0: coordinated with local churches that are helping with that? I mean, is there?
1: Yeah, we have. Yeah, we have uh, the communities. The uh, holidays very very giving. Hmm. Metropolitan Ministries helps us out.
0: Oh, I didn't know Metropolitan Ministries is up there as well. Okay, so are there parents that ever give you guys pushback and say, hey, don't don't share your faith with my kids? Do you ever get that from parents?
2: I can say I haven't, and um, I'm one of the FCA sponsors, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. That's one that I've kind of grown into the last three or four years. Actually, the parents are really happy to find out that I'm one of the sponsors because they're like, wow, what's FCA doing right now? And we're very small right now at our school, but... Our potential is there.
0: All right. Scott, what about you? Do you ever get pushback from any parents? No. I mean, you're doing one-on-one with your kids. You have a tremendous amount of influence because you're doing a lot of one-on-one time. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah? No, I've never had any, any problem whatsoever. Sam, what about you? Any no, pushback no. from parents? No, no. What is the... You know, what, if you guys could talk to all of the parents... Of your kids that you teach each and every day, what is the one thing you wish you could say to them? Because I know you don't get that opportunity. I mean, when you guys do conferences, what percentage of parents show up?
2: I want to say probably maybe about 85%. Oh,
0: you're kidding. Really?
2: Well, with how our conferences are structured because of other obligations that we have at school, we have... We have got conferences set for two days a week. Okay, and so when we make those appointments, those appointments are very, very precious, and the parents usually try to be there.
0: Hmm. Well, that's really great, eighty-five percent. So, what's that one thing you wish you've you got an audience of maybe two or three thousand, and it'll spread out with archives to four or five thousand people? What is it that you, as a public school teacher, want to say to parents, Sam?
3: Yes, they say please gives enough time. To your uh, kids because they deserve and so give your kids more time yes please and keep talking to them and motivate them putting them on the right track took them out having a goal and they have to achieve a goal you know our parents are are priceless so they need and they deserve this time
0: right cheryl
2: invest in your children you might not make every single swim meet football game dance recital but it means so much to those kids to see the parents there even at one event we had a young lady who was on homecoming court this last year and her father lived halfway across the state and she didn't know if he would make it and he made it right there drove three and a half hours
1: nice scott what's the one thing you want to say to those parents Talk to talk to your kids, talk to your kids, Have uh, dinner with them. start having dinner again if you don't already do that. It's so important to sit down with your family every evening and have an open dialogue of what went on during the day.
0: Yeah, my wife and I do a lot of marriage mentoring. One of the biggest things we say the, the secret weapon in family is to have dinner together. It's the secret weapon in families. And Melody's looking at me going, really? Secret weapon? I'm telling you, here's the deal. Because at dinner time, they talk. That, and when teenagers get old, it's between 10 and 11 o'clock at night. That's when they want to talk. Make sure you're available for those kids. We have had a fantastic conversation today with three public <laughs> school teachers, servants of your children out there. And we want I just wanted to bring them on here so that you could hear it from the hearts of people who dedicate their lives to going to the mission field. And really, it's a foreign mission field because you're teaching kids it's from how many different cultures i mean how many different cultures are you guys dealing with even languages how many different languages are you dealing with
2: gosh i know last year i think we had around 22 different languages at our school
0: this is pasco county florida it's literally 60 minutes north of here is it 50 miles north of here i mean how many miles about, is it in and about all right so and twenty 22 languages in your school 22
2: that's correct it's last I took a <laughs>
0: holy smokes! Wow. Okay, sorry. I was not expecting an answer. I was expecting two or three. Okay, twenty-two. Okay, I'll get past that. It's it's radio time. All right. So, would you recommend teaching as a career for
1: these kids going to college today? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, they're going to have to get a night job and a summer job, but just like they do in college. But it's uh, one of the most rewarding career careers.
0: <laughs> Cheryl, that cracked you up.
2: If, you've, if you're called to it, don't go into teaching because we always hear the negative comments about it. If you truly know that you are called to be a teacher, you're going to know. And we've had people who've come to our school who found out it wasn't a good fit. And we've had people leave our school who are coming back to teaching and... Not just the school, but the whole field. You've got to be called.
0: So a resounding yes if you're called. Sam, would you recommend that these kids graduate from high school today, go to college, to become a teacher?
3: I always tell my my students, working as a teacher isn't an easy job. So <laughs> Working as a teacher is not an easy job. Yeah. That's right. So if they have the requirements and they fit the... To be a teacher, you know... It takes much time. I like, about myself. I take much time thinking about my 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 students. Uh, think about their the attitude, about my strategy. About you know, it isn't easy. So so
0: only if they're really called. You agree with what Cheryl said. Only if they're called. Yes, if they could. All right. Okay. So how can parents be praying for you? That's a powerful question. How should parents be praying for the public school teachers that influence their kids? Any teachers that influence their kids, whether public or private. But how should parents be praying for teachers, Sam?
3: I remember one day when I was about to have an interview to get my position, uh, a parent came to school to say thank you for my effort with her son. I met Miss Vincent at that day, and Miss Vincent and the parent and the student and me, we stood in the circle. They prayed for me at the time to get the job, and I got the job. So how, what do you think, Cheryl? How do you want
0: parents praying for you quickly?
2: Just support us by letting us know that you're a, you're a believer, hmm. and pray for us daily.
1: Yeah, nice. By name, Scott. It, just just the support to to let us know that they're there and uh, be willing to uh, help us, um, help us help them raise their children.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it, you got to be praying for the teachers because you guys are in the you're in the. You're in the bullseye each and every day with these kids, and you're 150 kids you got influence over. That's just so many. You know, I found a great resource on the web for encouraging teachers. It was the thecornerstoneforteachers.com. Are there other resources that you guys utilize for encouragement? Really quick, I got like I got a minute left. Um, the Bible. <laughs> Good for you. Fantastic. Sorry, that was the that was the greatest obvious ever. Okay, Cheryl.
2: Um, our fellowship of Christian athletes regional director gives us so many great resources, including Bibles that I give away to the kids where I'll put a scripture in for them.
0: Fantastic. Sam, other resources that you use to be encouraged each and every day so that when you leave the the school one day you actually will go back the next day?
3: First of all, my family. Your family keeps you there. Yeah, keep praying for me, you know, so it gives me uh, power to work.
0: Sure. No. And I just want to thank you on behalf of every parent out there, and really, because I'm I'm a product of public schools, I got to tell you, I know your job is tough, uh, and I grew up in a suburb that actually wasn't too bad until really the mid-80s. I want to thank you guys for for dedicating your lives, not only to Christ, I'm thrilled to death to be sitting at a table with, with true missionaries right here. You're dealing with kids from 22 different language cultures. That's just fantastic. But thanks for going to work each and every day. The parents out there, there are many parents that do appreciate what you're doing and I appreciate it. And I know that your workplace is your mission field and I know that you guys understand that. I want to thank you so much. Hey, when is Teacher Appreciation Week, Cheryl? Right Right now? now? Well, that's why we did this show this week, right, Scott? That's true. We picked this day because it No, we had no idea. You didn't know that. (laughs) Hey, so on behalf of everybody in Tampa Bay, we appreciate you teachers. All right, as we come to the end of another I Work for Him show, I'm looking for a thousand people to commit to becoming part of the I Work for Him nation. A thousand people to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. A thousand people that will start looking for ways to befriend those coworkers and employees outside of the office each and every day. I'm looking for a thousand people that will look for ways to serve those people, those coworkers, those employees in the workplace. And I'm looking for a thousand people that will be ready to pray with those people in the workplace when they notice their countenance is changed. There's something about them that you just notice. Hey, they could use a word of prayer. But at the same time, I want you to be the best and brightest example of a person in your position so that your boss, your employees will say, Wow, we could use a hundred more Cheryl's, We could use a hundred more Scots. We could use a hundred more Sams. Because you guys are the best and brightest examples of Christ followers in a workplace. Go on to the I Work For Him website, iworkforhim.com. Click on Contact Us. And tell me why you want to be part of the I Work For Him You're listening to the I Work For Him Show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.